Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! That's a good one. Here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Uh, Especially today, Brian Haydad getting his uh, final COVID vaccine. Pouring down rain in Columbus, Mississippi. If those guys are out there, and you know, taking care of us doesn't have to mean fighting at war. I mean, they take care of us here at home as well. So thanks to those guys and gals. Really, really appreciate it. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You know, I love local businesses. Yeah, you know, that's that's my thing. I want I want to support Mississippians making it work. And to, to, uh, the guys over at uh, Strange Brew have been making it work. For so, so long. I mean, going back to the old days when that place was Woody's. You know, I've, I've been a big fan of theirs, and now it just continues with a coffee. I mean, Starkville, you've got something here that other people are jealous of. You know, we talk about Starkville all the time and, you know, with some of the things it lacks, and you certainly hear about it from, from opposing fans. But, man, there's not, another, there's not another place in the SEC like Strange Brew. And you can ask anybody who covers SEC football what their first stop is when they get into town, and they will tell you, man, I'm heading to Strange Brew to get myself a, a cup of coffee. And you've got it every day. Same with you guys in Tupelo. You've got it every day at Brupolo. So enjoy it, take advantage of it, and make sure you're keeping your, those guys happy with a, with a more than occasional visit to Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Joel, is that another new shirt? That looks new. Um, It is actually... Not we can pretend like it is if you want to, but this is actually a, a couple years old. So okay, okay, it lo- but it looks crisp. <laughs> well, it, when you when you get this dry fit material, sometimes it holds up. Well, all right, you know. All right, though. I thought you I thought you'd hit up College Corner Which, again. Guess what? Yeah, you can get probably you know. Oh, I know I, you I, can. I'm not, I'm not looking at it online at the moment, but I'm pretty sure you can get that there dry are plenty fit, of dry you know? fit items available in College or Corner. Store. I guess in Adidas lingo, it would be what Clamolite, I think. So. Something I mean, like that. It, this is a, the ultimate, it doesn't matter what its name is <laughs> moment. The stuff that ain't cloth, that's what we're calling it. The stuff that's not cotton. Yeah, that get that stuff. It's all available for you at collegecornerstore.com or at either of the two locations uh, there in the Jackson area. Ridgeland there by Fleet Feet there in Flowood by the Half Shell. Get yourself some new M over S gear at College Corner. Humble Taco is the place where if when you're going to be in town, you need to make sure it's on your agenda to take care of. There's that word again, agenda. I don't have an agenda. Other people might have an agenda. Other podcasts might have an agenda. Here on Thunder and Lightning, no agenda. It's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing, nothing but, but the, the truth. truth. It's not even fair and balanced. It just is what it is. Maybe, sometimes it may be unbalanced. You know why? Because that's what the, that's the way the news took us. Today might be one of those days. Just go ahead and brace yourself for it's that. Not, this, this show isn't positive. It isn't negative. Those are charges of a battery, bro. Yeah, a, a wise man told us Indeed. That. Well, a wise man, or maybe not too wise, but a fat man is going to tell you right now, you need to head over to Humble Taco and enjoy some of Starkville's best cuisine. It's Mexican food with Mississippi uh, roots, and it is fantastic. The menu is great. 
loaded with great local products up and down the menu, including that now famous sweet potato tortilla that you can't get anywhere else. There's no other Mexican restaurant that we know of being doing that. And those tortillas, they're not they're not stacking them up and just, you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. Those are made in-house every day. Well, I mean, for lunch, you're telling me I can get two tacos and a side for 10 bucks. that's a meal every day of the week. And, of course, on the weekends, you want to hang out with the guys or hang out with the girls, great place to do it. Huge patio, great drink specials, margaritas on tap. You just can't go wrong with our friends at Humble Taco. All right. Obviously, the story of the day is this. Mississippi State women's basketball not in the NCAA tournament for the first time since when? Because there's some confusion here. (laughs) 2014 was the last NCAA women's tournament that Mississippi State was not in. They were uh, in the NIT that year, I believe, and and I think lost out to – I just looked at it a minute ago. I think it was South Florida. Yeah, that is correct. I was at that game, yeah. Okay. so Lost on a buzzer beater. Kept them from going to New York City. So, uh, anyway, 2014 was the last time they did not go dancing until right now. Until this moment in time. As of the moment we're recording, uh, Mississippi State has not yet accepted an invitation to the women's NIT. There is some uh, thought that that might not be the case. We'll find out. If, if that breaks during the show, we'll talk about it. And, you know, if you're listening right now, you're going, well, these guys haven't talked about women's basketball in a while. You're right. You're right, because for the source of the same reason, we got away from talking about men's basketball. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that program when they're losing. But the question now is, because we're at the, the, the point where you have to talk about it, is how did this happen? Joel, this is as, as much grief as people like to give Joe Moorhead for his year one. He might, he might as well have won a national title compared to what's happened to MSU women's basketball. We talked about this program in the offseason. We said Rakia Jackson and Aliyah Matharu and Maya Taylor and Mingo Young and bringing in these transfers, Sydney Cooks, what she's going to bring. And, you know, you got this true freshman, Madison Hayes, she's, she's going to be a bit. And they're not even going to make the tournament, Joel. I understand that we overestimated what this team was. I can live with that. What I can't live with was that they're missing the tournament. If you told me, if you told me back in November, like, okay, this team's going to struggle and they're going to make the tournament as like a six seed, I'd have been like, wow, they, they really did struggle. But, you know, see where it takes us. You know, year one, transition year, fine, whatever. If you told me back in in November that this team was going to, you know, not make the NCAA tournament, I would have said, okay, you're just lying. And there's nothing you can say to make me think that you're telling me the truth. Yeah. But here we are, Joel. How did we get here? And and we may be at a point, again, the NIT stuff, we don't 100% know that yet, but we may be at a point where uh, the men are going to play postseason basketball and the women aren't. I had not even considered that. If Joel could explain the look I just made, uh, I did not even consider who, who that. Who would have thought that in October? Or Man, <laughs> that's saying something. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin, man. I, I don't know how to break this down. I, I don't know if we just completely overshot what this team was. Well, we obviously did that. Well, we obviously did that, but... I don't know if there's any way to put a finger on, you know, how much of it was that us overshooting the talent of this roster and yeah. and how much was it that for whatever reason this roster just did not play well under Nikki McCray. Yeah. Like, I I don't know I don't know where the majority of the the finger should be pointed, you know. I feel I like mean, Mc- I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Yeah. I feel like McCray did enough to try. She changed the lineup 
She sat Rakia Jackson. She sat Matharu. She, 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 she did everything I think she felt like she could. The problem is, why couldn't she connect to these players? Or, or did, was it one of those cases? And this is one of those things you see on social media that people just say, and they don't really know the, the truth, but that was she you know, letting them run the program for her? You know, because she took some pictures with them and looked like they were being friendly. I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's the case. But there is obviously an issue, a disconnect between coach and players because these are talented players. There's a bunch of four-star players. There's a, f- a couple of five-star players on this roster. They should not. Be, they should never have been on the bubble. They should never have not been in. They, they should have been a lock from the day the season started to the day the season ended. But they're they're here now. They're not in. You know, we talked about you know, at the end of Moorhead's first year that you know he he he, he got I think he'd gotten everybody back on board with the Egg Bowl, but then he had the bowl game and everybody was just sort of eh, and so he went into se- second year. I don't think anybody thought he was on the hot seat. No. But I do think that people thought he needs to be better, and then he wasn't. I am saying today that Nikki McCray Pinson is on the hot seat for next season. That if she goes two years without making the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to make a decision about the future of this program. Yeah, I mean, you sit there and you think about it. I mean, you could go either way with that. But, I mean, when you have a program that went to the NCAA tournament – in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, had there been a 2020, they'd have been in that too. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And not only were they in, they hosted the first two rounds in most of those years mm. and, and this just, played for this, a national title in two of those this years. This just broke. State is not one of the four replacement teams. So they are way off the tournament. They, yeah. they weren't like last four out. They are next four out or worse. That is a shocking statement. Yeah, I mean, to go from where this program was to out of the NCAA tournament, not even one of the four place teams, like you said, and then if next year it happens again and, and you have missed the tournament then two years in a row after not only getting in the tournament, be, being one of the nation's top teams for five, six years. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the what's, what's the common denominator of those two years that you didn't, you know? This isn't Mississippi State into, men's basketball. Where you had some good seasons and you put together a couple runs for the tournament. This was you were one of the top teams in the country. I mean, literally, you were right there with UConn, South Carolina, Louisville, Baylor, Mississippi State. Those I mean, top let's five. Let's make a comparison here a little bit. I mean, you played for you, two you, national titles in two years. Is there anybody football wise that has been like in the college football playoff a lot but just hasn't won it? Well, yeah, Oklahoma. Okay, so this is Oklahoma. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they, they go just, three and they nine. go three and nine. Two Lincoln years. Riley yeah. leaves. Yeah, and, then somebody, and they hire somebody else, and they go three and nine. They they, they would they would scalp him. They would not they would not allow that guy to coach a second season. <laughs> no question in my mind, they would there would be no well yeah no, absolutely not. I mean it's yeah it's here's the here's the problem though Oklahoma football always relevant right you just if you have a losing season you just go to the next guy. People are still going to show up. You have a losing season next year. You don't go to the NCAA tournament next year, and you still keep Nick Eager, McCray, Penson. That's that. Those big crowds you had at the hump, they are a distant memory. Nobody's showing up. Women's basketball does not carry the weight with the fans that even men's basketball does. Men's basketball is a, a winning streak away from a packed hump. I always believe that. If they got into conference play, this year or this upcoming season, and they started out three and zero, and that fourth game was at home. 
packed home. But with women's, it's just not going to be that way. It took years for Schaefer to build the program, and it took months to crush it. Yeah, the the tough part, too, about this the whole women's deal, I like to sit here on this show and a lot of times play devil's advocate with you, even mm-hmm. if I don't always believe what I'm saying kind of thing. And It's really tough to just come up with like a devil's advocate argument to say why this team wasn't. Because, I mean, look, you can't sit here and say, the pandemic. Everybody dealt with the pandemic. Everybody dealt with right. that. I mean, uh, I, I mean, did, I, I, I guess know. state did have. I mean, they had a stretch of time there in which they played what, like two games in thirty uh, something days. Right. But shoot, if they'd have played those games, they would have lost the way more they were games. playing. They may have lost to many. The they way would have that definitely lost to Tennessee, and, and, and they might have lost to Ole Miss. Yeah, and then, I mean, we're doing some shoulda woulda. What would have happened? But. Well, if anything, it's it's not like they were playing great before Bottom the break. Bottom line is it shouldn't have come down to that. Right. They you, weren't playing great think. before the break, and they didn't play great afterwards. So, there's the... And when they did kind of, I'm using air quotes, right the ship a little bit, it was against teams that... Auburn and LSU. Yes. Not good teams. And even in those games, they did not dominate them. You know, Auburn had the lead for a good part of the second half, as I and recall. And then they get just run off their own floor by that Missouri team. Yes. And then the, first round of the SEC tournament, one and done. I mean, against LSU, a team you had just beaten. So, yeah. Uh, th- this isn't a situation of just losing. It's a situation of losing and how you lost some of them. It's, this it's is really baffling. very similar to Stansberry's last year in that it's the attitude problems are obvious if you just watch the games. The effort is not there. And this team cannot deal with adversity, which is incredible to me, by the way. Because if there was one thing I would have said about a Vic Schaefer team, is that they thrived under adversity. This team has no no punchback to them whatsoever. Well, I mean, there is kind of the, and it's not a great excuse. I mean, it's just a part of what this team was. There is part of it in that this was not a team that had a ton of experience actively having to deal with adversity. You know, right. they were kind of just background role players right. in the past. You had one person, Maya Taylor. And who and, even the, even her was just sort of I mean, she was a starter the last year, but you know, this team missed Jordan Danbury. They missed Chloe Bibby. You know, she was a person who I'm talking about adversity coming back from that horrible knee injury. By the way, she's in the tournament and had a good season. I don't know about you know, about Espinosa Hunter. I don't know if she makes a huge difference. I think if you go back in time you want to commit an NCAA violation, you would give Jordan Danbury a hundred grand to play one more year. <laughs> you know, something like that. Just like, we need you to play, knowing what you know now. I don't know where this program is going to go. It is literally teetering on the knife's edge. Well, where you're going to go is you're going to go into a 2021-2022 um, season where you better get in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where you're at. It, whether it's by... I, I don't know how much turnover there'll be on this roster. You know, there's been rumblings that there'll be a, a good bit. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know who's going to be out there, and I don't know. But, I mean, I don't know who needs it worse. They both need it, but both the men and the women have – I mean, it's it's really does feel like tournament or bust. And I'm not the one making the call. No, you're right. Or, but it's I, different situations. With Howland, it's, it's acceptable, right? It's like, this is your seventh year, Ben. You should be in the NCAA tournament more than once every seven years. That is a very fair, reasonable expectation for Mississippi State men's basketball. Two tournament trips in seven years. I don't care where where you built from. All right, those, what happened your first year, your second year? Those days are over. You've you've gone through enough classes. 
it is acceptable for Mississippi State fans to say that. For women's basketball, you are literally two years removed from playing for the national title. Twice. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a miracle buzzer beater away from being the national champion. Imagine, I mean, I, you went from national champions to not being in the tournament and not even close. I know Notre Dame sort of did the same thing, but that that's it's a different situation. It feels like that program is different than Mississippi State's. And, you know, next year, it, I feel like it's perfectly reasonable to say you better bounce back and get into the tournament next year because that's what we've come to expect at Mississippi State. We went five straight years. You had a Sweet 16, two Final Fours, two Final Twos. Just getting into the field of 64 should be the absolute baseline minimum. And if you can't do that, well, then you're going to have to go on down the road. <laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation. I would never in a million years have guessed anything like this back in even even when Nikki McCray Pinson was hired I thought that's a good hire you know she had taken I mean, that old Dominion program and built it up she'd worked under Don Staley <laughs> she was an all-american she was a, a WNBA star everything clicked on that resume but I'll tell you something right now everything clicked on Joe Moorhead's resume too yeah and then you get into the the, the nitty-gritty and you get into when you know get into winning time and you find out they, it's just not going to work I mean, man, it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like there's some stuff that must have went on or something that we just don't know about. I, I I can't I can't wrap my head around what we thought this team was going to be. And look, that is part of this, and we mentioned it a little bit, but so much of of how we feel right now is because of what we thought this team was. And as we said when we started this all off, part of it was we just overshot. You know our expectations right. and things, right. but so some of it's on us for just thinking that, I guess. But but, but when you have a team that's done what this team's done the last six years, we didn't and we didn't overshoot. You kind of have it a this reason. Much. This team is talent wise, in terms of actual basketball ability, this team could have been easily a top four seed. Now I'm not saying one of the top ones. I'm saying of the in the a four seed or better. The, a, a, a first couple round tournament host in a normal year. In a normal year, yeah. But they're not. They're not even close. So that's that's not on you and me for making because we're not alone in that either. I mean, they were preseason top ten. There's something wrong, something rotten in the state of Denmark <laughs> happening here. I don't know what it is, but let me ask you this, and I don't want to make you, I don't put you too much on the spot, but if we find out in the next week, she just gets fired. Are you totally surprised? Who? Uh, yeah, get one year. I mean. It was one bad year, but yeah, I'd be shocked. When's the last time Mississippi State in any sport anywhere had a coach for one year and and, and just pulled the trigger? Okay. And I know you're going to say Andy Canizzaro, but well, that's what I'm saying. What that, if we find out there's some sort of underlying? Because that's what happened with Moorhead too. There were underlying circumstances away from just wins and losses. When you're this bad with this team, something else is happening. You almost kind of there's there's some there's a there's a disconnect. <laughs> you never wish for bad. I'm not saying you wishing for bad things to happen here, but in a way, don't you kind of? I'm trying to think of a way to word this because I, I don't mean this in you an evil sense. You want to find out that there was you something more than wins and losses. You want to find out something that you happening. can kind of point to and say, yeah. "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah she was <laughs> she was running a meth empire <laughs> behind the scenes and didn't have time to cook. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But yeah, that you would almost rather find that out than what you than just find out. Oh yeah, she's just a bad coach, 
and the, the, t- the team decided not to play for her. Because, I mean, how do you, what are you going to do? Because if the answer is just the team... You'd rather is, be able to fire her for cause, basically, is what you're saying. I mean, well, I mean, I wouldn't go in so far as to say something sinister was going on, just something right, that you right, could right. point at. And, but, I mean, you, you hope that's the case a little bit, because if, if that's not, the alternative is your, your players are no longer of the caliber... To be a tournament Which team, I don't and and you're, you don't have the coaching to be a tournament. Team. Like, that that, that's, that's the only. That's your only. I don't know, man. It, it's such a. It's a bad situation for Mississippi State, and it got and, there in a hurry. And I, it's it's something that I mean, we were just talking about it. We're 20 days away from the anniversary of Vic Schaefer going to Texas, and when you know, even when that happened, even in in all the 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 turmoil that that caused, there was never a moment where I was like, well, this, this program's done. Because I knew, I was like, now look, in two or three years, if they make the wrong hire and the players that Vic left behind are gone, then yeah, maybe it could be in trouble. But to think that it would be immediate, nobody could have thought that. And yet here we are with Mississippi State not playing postseason basketball. I mean, if it ends up not working out, and of course everybody listening hopes that it does, but if it ends up not, the lingering question will forever be what would have happened if it had been Johnny Harris? That's, I mean, yeah. And you know what's funny is like, there's not a guy like that from Moorhead, is there? There's not a guy like, wow, if they had just hired him, like Jeremy Pruitt, I feel pretty confident it would have gone badly. You know, Trad Morris, I feel like I'm really confident <laughs> it would have gone badly. You know, I feel like I've always said, like, of those three guys, Moorhead did the best. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could have made a legitimate case to keep. But yeah, yeah, you could have had Johnny Harris, no question about it. And I don't, I don't know how she interviewed. I don't know anything yeah, about that. that that's uh, there's a whole lot there we don't know. I just know that if you had offered her the job, she would have taken it. And what would have been what would have happened then? I don't know the answer. And so. maybe maybe that would have been a bad situation. I don't know, but it will always be. Well, the question. but the thing is though, if that had happened, you could have explained it away a lot easier. Look, she wasn't ready for the big job. She's an assistant. She's a she's just a career assistant. The same way you did with Moorhead. Just it just she just wasn't ready for this job. Nikki McCray Penson, under all circumstances, was ready for this job. She had been a head coach. She had turned a program around. It felt like she was ready for this job. Clearly not. Clearly not. So let's let's get a little. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's try to put a smile on some people's faces here at the end. Let's move on over to uh, to some other topics. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who I found out today. I, I knew this, but I, I they weren't open today. I went by there to go pick some stuff up. They're not open on Mondays. That's on me. <laughs> It's not a welcome home beef. Everybody gets a day off. I, by all means. So today I will be heading over to welcome home beef to pick up some products for this weekend, and that's what you should be doing too. If you, if you can't be here in Starkville and you're in North Mississippi, chances are your local market's going to be carrying those welcome home beef products. And if they're not, well, you need to find out why. You need to be making that phone call saying, "Look, we've got great Mississippi local products available to us here. Why don't we get those on the shelves and get ourselves some great food?" In the meantime, so welcome on beef. So many ways to serve you. They have the stores. Uh, they have the store here in Starville. They have the food truck. They can ship, and of course, you can buy it in grocery stores all around North Mississippi. Wherever you, whatever you're looking to do for dinner, Welcome Home Beef has an answer for you. So call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com, and you'll find out why one thing's always for sure. Well, premature. Usually, it's usually it's. For sure, and then it goes to me. With Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. There we go. Got a little Vince McMahon there at the end there. <laughs> it just tastes good. 
<laughs> we need to break that out every now and then. Ah, uh, two brothers smoked meats right there in the Cotton District. When you come to Starkville again, that needs to be on the list of places you you can't miss while you're up here because it's just some of the best food, not only in the city of Starkville, but in the state of Mississippi and around the SEC. There's just not a lot of restaurants like Two Brothers, and that's what makes them unique and what makes them great. Great patio for sitting outdoors, enjoying an ice-cold beer or one of their craft cocktails, and the food, it just can't be beat. So swing by 621 University Drive today and enjoy Two Brothers Southern Smoked Soul Food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Advantage Business Systems knows that right now it might have to make a decision. You might have to look at a business and say, hey, they've got the inventory of the products we need to grow our business, but do they have the great customer service that we need in case something goes wrong, which it will inevitably do? Well, good news for you is Advantage Business Systems has both things under one roof. A business big enough to take care of all of your technology needs, but small enough to give you the personalized care you've come to expect. They are a great local business doing business with their fellow Mississippians for nearly 50 years. Why don't you find out today what Advantage Business Systems can do for you and create more profits with less problems. Call them today at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems excuse me, helps your business do business. You pointed and it threw me off. <laughs> Like I saw your hand go up, and I was like, "Is something happening?" And then no. I realized you were you were queuing me up for the tagline there. Yep, so always do. I appreciate that. You'd think after three years of doing this show, you'd you know have me figured out by now, but no. I I, I know nothing, and I I am just you know. Hey, we are we're like almost three years in. It's like almost half the B and B shows run right. Didn't weren't y'all on like six years? Uh, 2011 to 2007, 2018. Okay, it was seven years then. Yeah. Yeah, I need to I need to look because and then and they, I know that they have uh they've moved it uh so that all the I didn't know how many shows we've done because I know the the B and B number was over fifteen hundred so we'll get there we'll get there don't worry I feel like you and Bob skipped a few more days than you and I have though we definitely did <laughs> we definitely did although we, I mean we've skipped some I, I understand yeah, but, that, yeah, but. And, and think about it like this that. Women's basketball was not a thing, yeah. like 2011 to 2013. So those, you've got a show where that was really only a topic. We weren't going to do a show, um, and it just it just wasn't as much. There just wasn't as much content out there for us. So, and plus Bob was you know lazy as could be. <laughs> so, not that I was super energized or anything. Anywho, uh, baseball, you've got the polls there. Top consensus, top. Three except in one. Is that accurate? That is correct, except for the Collegiate Baseball newspaper, in which they are number six. For those who don't know about Collegiate Baseball, that is a it's a, like a one-man operation out there. It's just this old dude who just does whatever he wants. <laughs> and from, uh, from what I've been told through the sources, that if you're not one of the guys who grants him a lot of access to your program, you get ranked sixth when everybody else is third or better. Well, I mean, Mississippi State, if they wanted to, I mean, they, they include his rankings on they their do. game notes and stuff. You could just ax it. Who cares? Uh, you know, that's you what know, I, but, I would do. But anyway. baseball to me is, 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 is really a non-starter. Uh, they're number three in every poll except for Baseball America, where they're number two, mm. and Collegiate Baseball Newspaper, where they're number six. So, there yeah, you. you're, you're pretty, pretty close to a consensus number three. Yeah. So, 
Uh, midweek game this week against Houston, against uh, Samford. Houston Harding will get the start in that game. I talked to Chris Lamonis. I, I know I could t- I could hear the relief in his voice. By the way, I don't know if you listened to that interview. I did. You know, Richard wasn't there, so I handled the interview. You could tell he was like, "I'm so much more at ease right now." I I, I just I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like I'm talking to a friend. So good to talk to Chris. Um, and of course, you know the superlatives about his pitching staff. Even he, he was sort of on, on page, the same page as us in that they've even exceeded what he thought would, would have been possible. That's not something you hear a coach talk about very often. It didn't. Um, but when you put up the kind of video game numbers, I mean, and that's what they are. You can't project a Landon Sims striking out 30 batters over 11 and two-thirds. That's, that's crazy talk, man. That, you really are almost striking out everybody. Almost all of your outs are coming via the, via the strikeout. Uh, you you can't predict that kind of stuff. Yeah, I see why he is where he's at thinking about this team. I can tell you, the most intriguing baseball storyline to me right now, and I wrote a column about this too. It's you can find it at cowbellcorner.com. Uh click it. Is is just how he does have a rotation, a pitching rotation decision to make. And I'm just so curious to see who cuz somebody's going to have to not start. Whether yeah. that's Bedner, whether that's Fristo, whether that's Sarantola, and I think that's the only three options because I think McLeod's in no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree. I think Bedner's in no matter what. I think it's between Sarantola and Fristo. And that, you you could very well be right. It kind of sounded like that on Sunday to hear what Chris said Sunday, and then he told you, of course, on Monday that no, he didn't have a decision um, on, on how that was going to shake out. And look, everybody's still going to pitch. It's not like whoever gets booted out of the rotation is then thrown to the scrap heap. That's not going to happen. Whoever is still going to be a contributor on this team. Um, I'm just curious to see which way they go. I I almost feel like... I mean, because Jackson Fristo, can you control his innings maybe a little better? I mean, he's a guy that's playing high school ball a year ago, and, yeah. and you want to use him through hopefully the end of June. Yeah. This year, that's a ton of innings on a kid's arm. Yeah. He's never thrown that many innings. So and we saw it, maybe, maybe, again, maybe it could be there. beneficial to save some bullets in that arm and take him out of the rotation for a little while and let it be McLeod, Bedner, Sarantola, just like you planned all along. I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, if you want to go by stats, Sarantola's got to be the dude you take out. I mean, his ERA is almost seven, and he has a history of control issues. But he has maybe the best stuff of all four of them. Yeah. So... I, I don't know, but like I said in the column, and you can go find that at cowbellcorner.com, I don't feel like Chris Lamonis can make a bad decision. Like anything that you choose is fine. And with baseball being the game that it is, it's not like one loss would kill you, particularly in, in the SEC. Um, and even if one of them has a bad start, you may not lose that game anyway because you got a bullpen you can just throw in there and you got so many arms, it's not going to screw up your weekend. It, he's in a Lamont's in a great spot because the whole gist of the column was that no matter what he chooses, it's not wrong. <laughs> uh, you, you just have a bunch of good options. I, I likened it to if I told you you won the lottery and your only worry was do you want the money in cash or check? Yeah, yeah. Do you want the annuity or do you want the lump sum? Yeah, I mean, you're still getting it. Yeah. It's just how do you want to get there? I don't, I don't disagree with anything you've said there, and, and, and I find it you know, this is what you pay Chris Lamonis for. But he, yeah, the, the the thing, the only thing you worry about is this. I feel like the, it could potentially cost you a game, maybe just one game. 
But let's say you throw Sarantola. If Sarantola starts on Sunday or Saturday against LSU and can't get it done, that's you can't risk it, right? Well, I mean, see, you can't I, risk it going forward. I, I, maybe not going forward, but I think you could. If it costs you one game, that's what I'm saying. It could cost Rouge, you one game. You're okay with that, right? But I mean, well, you say that. I mean, that one game could be the difference between, you know, hosting it or being a national seed and not. It really can. But I agree. I don't think it costs you more than one game because you'll just say, okay, well then we we can't do this again when we and then you see Sarantola on a midweek. Well, see that that's what I'm saying, man. I your bullpen is such to where if you want to run Sarantola out there and he walks the first three, yeah, jake him in the first inning, yeah, and you, you still can, got a chance I, I, to win. No, I'm agreeing. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that. I'm just saying the only thing this that this decision is going to cost you is possibly one game, and then if if it doesn't work out, if Sarantola goes out there and is, is bad, he won't he won't start again. Yeah, so. Uh, no, no word on that rotation uh, as of Monday when we talked to Chris Lamona. City still working yeah. through that, and, and you won't get word on that. I wouldn't imagine Probably until on Thursday. Thursday at the earliest. Yeah, so we'll see who stays. If I, if we had to guess right now, I'm saying, I am saying, McLeod, Bedner. I'm gonna say Sarantola one more time. I think Bedner's on Saturday. I think you're gonna get the the rotation that they expected to have week one. Yeah, except I, I'm going to leave Sarantola on on Saturday, the Saturday start that he's been getting. Okay. So I, I'll say if you make me guess right now, I would say McLeod, Sarantola, and I, I'll go ahead and put Bedner on on Sunday. And I could see that being a Bedner followed by Fristo type yeah. deal, almost in reverse of of what you saw this yeah. past week. Yeah. I mean, Lamona said as much on on his in his press conference on Sunday that what you may end up seeing is more of those piggyback type outings. I agree. And, and, you know, I can't see Bender being up to 100 pitches kind of thing yet, so I could see him going 65, 70 pitches, and then okay, here comes Fristo. Yeah. For a couple, in, two or three innings, or... We'll see. How funny is it going to be if Sarantola goes out there, seven complete, 12 strikeouts, two hits, just absolute dominance. Robbie and I were talking about this in the press box the other day, man. If <laughs> I mean, if McLeod is, and Sarantola are what they were this past weekend, mm-hmm. the rest of the year... Gonna be tough to beat. I mean, unless your offense just goes dead silent, mm-hmm. and even then, you're you're there in Omaha. At the you end. can be pretty silent. You can get two or three runs and still get there. I so, mean, this is going to be a fun weekend because you're really going to find out how good this pitching staff is, and I think it's great. And it doesn't miss you have the, you know enough hitters to get this done. We're gonna find out. We'll see. All right, tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Joel's already fired off the tweet, uh, so send those questions in to us. We'll have plenty of uh, fun on tomorrow's show. And then on uh, – oh we, we, oh, we were supposed to do a positional breakdown today. I guess we're going to – I didn't think about that till right as you were about well, to Well, the women's up. thing sort of took over the show. Yeah. That's fine, though. We'll push it to Thursday. That's, Since this is our show, we can do it. We won't right. do it with it. And Thursday, that's the that'll be leading into Friday's show. Or I guess that'll be leading into you – know, that'll be the day before spring practice actually starts. And we'll talk to Mike Leach that night – on uh, the seventeenth on on St. Patrick's Day, seventeenth St. Patrick's Day, every year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's every year. It's the well. You had like me Cinco confused there because you were talking about like Friday and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah the, no, the, no, the, sev- the seventeenth is Wednesday, so it, you had oh, me right, today of, is Monday. Yeah, you had me kind of like off on my days there. Yeah, seventeenth. So we don't. Okay, so we talked to him on the eighteenth. So I'm still off. I'm still off, Joel. We talked to him on the nineteenth, right? On Thursday, I thought. See, I thought it was Friday. I'm pretty sure. Here we go. We're going to look this up. up. 
We have devices. You are correct. Okay. It is Thursday. So let's reset. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow's show that you'll hear on that we're going to record on the 16th and it'll play on the 17th is the rumblings. <laughs> Wednesday's show, which we will record on the 17th and here on the 18th, we'll have a positional breakdown for the MSU <laughs> quarterbacks. Friday's show, I guess we need to record late because we need to talk about whatever Mike Leach talks about. Well, uh, if you can and wait we'll till preview I, Mississippi State. If you LSU. can wait till I post the video to cowbellcorner.com, then that's fine. One more time, what's that website? That would be www.cowbellcorner.com. All right. Yes, we'll do that, and we'll re- preview Mississippi State LSU basketball. And I guess we got a preview. We might take a little look at the NIT Mississippi State versus St. Louis. Found out today, by the way, when you talk about St. Louis, you have to spell out Saint. I told you last night. Did you that, tell me that? Well, no, I just said that it, it looks weird to see Saint spelled out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evidently, when, when it comes to this, it's always spelled out. So there you go. Now you know. It's good to know. Talk to you guys tomorrow, one way or the other. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.